1: Bill Morgan in for Kenny and JT your Friday and the final one by the way in case you've forgotten I don't know how you would do that but in case you've forgotten the final Friday of 2022 time to talk Browns football happy to welcome in he's always a guest on this show and man does he know his stuff backward and forward Scott Petrack and one of the reasons and it's a lengthy resume that uh, we know that Scott knows his stuff, but I am a Yahoo fantasy guy, Scott, and every time they talk about the Browns, they say, Scott Petrak says. So, I mean, that's that's good enough for me to be sure. Having said that, Scott, uh, one of the things I have Browns fans asking me all the time, if the Browns split the last two games, if they lose the last two games, is Kevin Stefanski's job in either of those scenarios in danger? Yeah,
0: you know, I think I, I think Kevin Stefanski's safe. Um, you know, if if it went really bad, the last two games and they got blown out both of them, maybe the Haslam's reconsider. But I feel like right now Stefanski's on stable ground. I think the organization wants stability. I think Deshaun Watson wants to play for Kevin Stefanski, so I think it would have to be something really drastic for there to even be a possibility of a coaching change. Now, that doesn't mean his staff won't change after the season, um, but when it comes to Coach Kevin Stefanski.
1: Scott, talk to us a little bit about the big matchup coming up this weekend. Uh, Washington, who has slid lately, but they've really been one of the surprises of the NFL. Uh what do the Browns have to do to come away with a road win in that contest?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it starts with kind of grinding it out because Washington is good in that area. You know, they're not really I mean they they have some big plays, but you know, they're a team that likes to run it. They're first in the league in time of possession. They have a really good front four on defense, so they drop seven in coverage. So They make you go the long way. and They don't give up a lot of big plays. It just feels like a grinded-out kind of game. And, you know, the Browns haven't always been good in those kind of games. So I think from a mentality standpoint, that's part of it. You're going to have to handle their front four, which should be even better with Chase Young back for the second week, coming off that knee injury. Um, Hadn't played all year and then returned last week, and now he's going to start this week and should play more. So you got to handle those guys up front. And then, you know, they went to Carson Wentz, the quarterback. They benched Taylor Heineke after he'd had a good run, but they're 0-2-1 in the last three games, and they're looking for a spark from Wentz. And Wentz has big playability, right? We all know. We've all seen it. He's got a big arm. But he also tends to extend plays and hold the ball, take sacks and throw picks and fumble. So I I think there's a chance for some defensive takeaways. And that would be huge because you've seen the Browns when they've been able to take the ball away, they've had some success.
1: Scott Petrack, brownzone.com. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do that. At Scott Petrack, P-E-T-R-A-K. Scott, is there anything the Browns defense and the much maligned Joe Woods can do to a slow down uh, the rushing game? It seems like everybody who has tried consistently to rush the football has had success.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty true. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Browns got off to a good start against the run like the first three weeks, and then it turned in week four in Atlanta in the second half. And they really haven't been able to slow it down much since then. So, uh, you know, they've been trying, looking for solutions all year and just haven't had them. So I don't know why you'd expect it to change, you know, in week 17. So, um, no, I expect Washington to have some success. The The, the key is you just can't get gashed repeatedly, right? You can live with probably giving up 140 on the ground. It's hard to live with giving up 195 on the ground. And the Browns have done that too often. Um, So to me, that's it. And that begins probably with explosive plays. And Woods, like you mentioned yesterday, we talked to him. And when he talked about the run defense, that's what he focused on is they've been trying to prevent the explosive run plays and just haven't been able to do that. So if you can keep, you know, I think, um, I th- it's going to be Brian Robinson because I think Antonio um, Gibson is out uh, with an injury. If you can see, keep Robinson from you know having twenty yard runs, and instead they're seven eight yard runs, you might be able to recover from that.
1: Scott, talk to us about I guess the flip side of that matchup as we head toward Washington and the Browns. Uh, the Browns' offense. What do they have to do consistently? Deshaun Watson, obviously, now in their quarterback. But having said all that, the $230 million man has yet to produce more than one touchdown in a game so far.
0: Well, that to me, that's it. You, you need to see some explosiveness. You know, I was just saying that from the other side with Washington runs. You need to see that in the passing game with Deshaun Watson. In I think there's a chance that that happens this week. The weather is going to be much better than it was the previous two weeks. You know, it wasn't great against Baltimore, and then we all know how bad it was against New Orleans. I think it's going to be nice in Washington or Maryland. So there's a chance for Watson and Cooper and Peoples-Jones and Njoku to find some some rhythm for Watson to gain more comfort. And I I do think it's only a matter of time until you see – some big plays and, you know, stacking some drives where it's not just one touchdown drive in a game. And I think it could happen this week. But, you know, until you've seen it, and we haven't seen it yet through four games, it might be, you know, it might sound silly to predict. But that's what they need. They need Deshaun Watson to get in a rhythm, start to look like he did when he was going to Pro Bowls with Houston. And you've seen glimpses of that, but obviously not nearly consistent enough.
1: Scott Petrack, BrownZone.com. Kenny and JT show on a Friday. Bill Morgan in for Kenny and JT. What did the Browns, one of the things, and Scott, you watch this team and know this team, the Browns, backward and forward. One of the things that we've seen somewhat consistently this year, the Browns um, coming out as a game starts, and uh, they have a good opening possession, many times resulting in points but they seem to struggle after that. A, is that true? B, is it something we imagine? And C, what can they do to be more consistent offensively?
0: I think it's overall true. They certainly have had success with this opening scripts on offense. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I guess we could quibble about how much they've fallen off after those opening scripts. Some weeks it's worse than others. You know, for a long time the Browns were in the top ten in scoring in the league, so it's hard to complain too much. I think now they're in the top fourteen, so it's obviously falling off. You mentioned, you know, since Deshaun Watson came back, you know, the offense hasn't scored more than thirteen points. Um, But I, I think that's something to pay attention to. You know, I think a lot of teams with good offensive coaches start fast because the scripts are so good, and you spend time you spend extra time during the week working on those plays, and the players know them inside and out. And then when you get into the flow of the game, you know, defenses make adjustments. Offenses have to adjust back. Players uh, have to adapt, too, because you know, you haven't practiced the same play probably to the same degree that you did those scripted plays. So then it relies on talent, and it relies on, you know, film study from the players. So I think all of that comes into it, but You know, I think you can say this for both sides of the ball with the Browns this year. They need to be better in adjustments, in in in-game adjustments. And I think that's a fair thing to say on both sides of the ball, including, you know, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, he needs to do a better job kind of replicating the success from that scripted series of plays.
1: Scott, on the injury front, you mentioned uh, looking at Washington. Antonio Gibson probably going to be out on the Browns' side. That's what we're most concerned about. Uh, where are the Browns' health wise headed into the game?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. The only um, the only guy with a status, as we say, is defensive end David Clowney. He's questionable. He hasn't completely cleared concussion protocol. Uh, you know, he had the, he suffered the concussion December seventeenth against the Ravens. Uh, we missed last week. Return to practice Wednesday was limited. Missed Thursday with an illness. And then was back today limited. So, you know, Kevin Spansky said, I can't tell you if I'm optimistic or not because it's so – it's just up to the doctors, right? It's concussion protocol. You just can't tell. Some guys seem like they're coming out of it, and they don't in time. So he's questionable with that. If he doesn't play, it would be the rookie Alex right again. Um, And then everybody else is good to go. Jed Wills. Junior, the left tackle, missed a couple of days of the back injury, um, but he said he's good to go.
1: Scott Petrack from BrownZone.com, regular guest with Kenny and JT right here on WHBC. And while I realize you are a Browns media guru and not Dr. Scott Petrack, when we hear clearing concussion protocol, do you Mm -hmm. know exactly what that means, Scott? I mean, I don't. I guess I'm asking the question, not challenging whether or not you know.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, I know some stuff, I don't know all the specifics, right? I know you can't physically have symptoms, right? So if you still have headaches, if you're still light sensitive, then you're still in the protocol. Um, and then there's stages and one of the stages is getting back to practice and one of them's limited. And then how do you handle being limited? And then it's, they monitor your symptoms after that. So I think all of that goes into kind of the stages of the
1: concussion protocol. Scott, in your years covering the Browns, speaking of injuries, um, the decimation this year of the Browns' linebacking core has, I guess, in my mind, been unbelievable. I, I don't know if you could have any more injuries than this team has had at linebacker, and hopefully, I'm not jinxing them by saying that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they lost the top four guys,
0: right? Uh, the top, the guys that started the season, in the top four in the depth chart. All suffered season ending injuries, and that's a big deal that does play into the terrible run defense. Although I don't think that's the reason for their, you know, the complete reason for the, or even maybe the rain, main reason for the terrible run defense, but it matters, right? When you lose Anthony Walker Jr., Yoni Taki Jerome, or uh, Jeremiah, Usu Koromo, and Jacob Phillips. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember that kind of thing. You know, the, I know the 80s and the one year the Bronze lost all those quarterbacks and, you know, Don Strzok lined up playing. Um, I think it feels kind of something similar to that, but it's difficult, right? And they got guys now, I mean, the guys playing last week either weren't on the team, and again this week, either weren't on the team or were way down the depth chart at the beginning of the year, and it's just hard to make up. You know, no team has that kind of depth at one position.
1: Scott, talk to us about um, – I hate to throw, throw out the phraseology keys to the game because everybody says that, but give me one or two things on both sides of the ball the Browns are going to have to do this weekend to come up with a road win.
0: Yeah, um, maybe I'll give you – time of possession, I think is – I don't think it's necessarily important who wins time of possession. They're one or two in the league. Washington's number one, the Browns are number two in time of possession. But what that means is it's probably going to be a, a game with fewer possessions than normal. So you have to maximize those. And when I talk about you know Deshaun Watson finding a rhythm and kind of breaking out a little bit, it means you got to be really efficient. Because if you waste one possession, maybe you'll get the ball back for another seven minutes, right? And then it's even harder to get in the rhythm. So I think that's going to be important is you have to maximize the possessions you have. And then – You know, defensively, I just don't think they're going to be able to consistently stop that running game, which means you better take it away. So that's what I do think there's some hope there because it's Carson Wentz and because he turns it over. Um, So that's what I would say. I would say rattle Carson Wentz and then be efficient with your possessions on offense.
1: Scott, I know you wrote a story uh, about Kevin Stefanski uh, trying to give a Nick Chubb an opportunity to win the rushing title for folks who didn't get an opportunity to read that. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, I just posted it a little bit ago. It's, you know, he's a long shot. He's almost 200 yards behind Josh Jacobs of the Raiders um, with two weeks left. But you never know, right? If he goes for 370 and Jacobs struggles or Jacobs gets hurt or whatever, you know, vegas has some issues right there to change a quarterback um you never know so and the browns would love to see that happen they're holding out hope that it could happen and you know i think they'd say that about every teammate but i think it's extra applicable to nick chubb because he's so respected and so liked inside that locker room by teammates and coaches and part of that is because they might care more about the rushing title than he does. I really believe him when, you know, he, yes, he would like it and he would appreciate it, but he's so focused on the team and there's just not, you know, not all guys are like that.
1: Scott, one non Browns question. Uh, you talked about, uh, the Raiders, the change at quarterback, where does cargo? What's the long-term answer, uh, for the Raiders at the quarterback position?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I like Derek Carr. I do. And I'm, you know, I know the Raiders aren't obviously right now aren't willing to pay him that guaranteed money or guarantee that the money he'll, you know, he'll get that money. Um, I like him. I think he's a, whatever, top 12, top 14 guy. I think he's a great leader. I think you can win with him. Um, Let's assume he doesn't stay in Vegas. I don't know, maybe Indianapolis is a team looking for a quarterback. Um, Would he fit with the Jets? You know, I'm just thinking of, teams that don't feel that far away where they feel like a quarterback might be the difference or their quarterbacks have really struggled. And, and those are two teams that popped in my head. Maybe Tampa if Tom Brady leaves there. Um, so, you know, those are three teams that kind of jump out to me.
1: Scott Petrack from brownzone.com. Scott, we appreciate your time on a headed into a holiday weekend. And I know Kenny and JT will look forward to hearing from you again after the first of the year.
0: Sounds good. Thanks.
1: It is all a part of the Kenny and JT show. Bill Morgan filling in.